airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, Sherry B is over in Studio <laughs> CC. I don't know why. It's just been, what, it's been a week? It's just been a week that, that we've not been on the air. Right? But it feels longer. A week and a couple of days, I think. A week and a couple of days. I mean, no one's keeping track because no one's sleeping. Everyone, everyone who listens to this show, like none of these people are sleeping. <laughs> or is it, oh, is it just us? No, no it's, it's just, just us. us. Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. Well, welcome. Um, anyway, no, I'm <laughs> like, this is not a drill. I'm officially on maternity leave, but yes. there is so much that is going on that I will be checking in because um, I just have to. Because <laughs> you got something to say. I just, I do, I do. It's so bad, but it's, it's okay, right? There's just, right. we are so close to a major moment in our country, and there are so many things that are happening every single day that um, I'm blessed to be able to do this in a way that does not, um, you know, it does not upset the apple cart too much, yeah. right? So yeah. if I can say it that way, we have technology that allows me to do this, and, and I'm grateful for that. Um, but it does become Will's show for a while here. <laughs> See, that's so, for all the people that said, why that's don't what Will talk? He, he never says anything. You don't let him Boom. talk. Well, Boom. y'all about to get tired. You got of, it. You're about to get tired of me now. <laughs> Hezzy, you got it. Here it is. This is Will's show. Thank you for inviting me on to be a guest today. I know you have two guests today. Um, I, I sent you a message and I said, hey, what about this? Because you sent me a story, which we will get to. Um, mm. We will get to. Look at me. I'm already taking over. It's Will's show. I'm on maternity and I only, leave. I only have one guest today besides you. Well, I wanted well, I wanted to, you know, you, huh? you had to tell me that you had a guest today. And um, <laughs> and so you bumped me from, from, from a long form interview. You bumped me. Nah, I just didn't to, know. You said I could give you one segment. <laughs> and I was like, OK, that's that's fine. I'll take one segment. You, oh, know, well, you I, know, I understand how this all works. I mean, this is it, your show it now. It goes like that sometimes. You just got to be flexible. You have to be flexible. You that's know, how media when I can works. get you on, I'll get you on. You know, let's not <laughs> come on. You know, that's fine. And that's all that's right. fine because um, there are things that I could do um, when I'm not on with you. <laughs> just so you know, just so that we're all clear. I, f- I feel like the president, just so you understand, <laughs> just so you understand there are things that can be happening. Um, but anyway, no, one of the things that I wanted to do um, today was just to say thank you so much to all of our listeners who have prayed for us and mm-hmm. um, laughed with us that our baby was the joke of the nation because he was so far <laughs> <the> overdue. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to keep expanding it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, his 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 legend kind of goes before him before he even knows like that he exists like he's <laughs> he's a joke he's he's you know he's a part of a running joke and uh he won't be able to live that down i no. feel like in the future when we're at conferences as he grows there are people who have listened to our show and mm-hmm. they will say things like oh i've been listening since baby number 4 or baby number 3 or i've been listening since th-, and they kind of like keep track of that based on the number of children that we've had. Yeah. And so for the people who will say, um, we started listening right at baby number six, when they see him at conferences and events and things that we do across the country, mm-hmm. um, they will have this joke about him that he just does not understand. 
and yeah. and that that happens yeah. because we share a lot about our family. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I just wanted to pop in, mm-hmm. and I wanted to thank our listeners for praying for us. And um, there's so much that we don't really understand about prayer, and I think because we don't understand, we probably don't pray enough, right? Yeah, but then when we're praying, right, and then mm-hmm. there are things that could could happen that could be adverse, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, for us, then. <laughs> <laughs> the outcome is not that. And so we thank, thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, and and so we just wanted to say thank you so much for praying yes. for us. Uh, Timothy Rand is baby number six. Yes. And um, his, his middle name is a family name. Mm-hmm. And Timothy is the name that we felt the Lord leading us to name him. We believe that names are significant. That's right. And that names have a meaning. And, um, and so with each of our children, we have prayed and asked the Lord um, who is this child that you've given to us yes. and what is the purpose that you have for this child and how should we name him or her? Yes. And each time we feel that the Lord has led us like Amen. just, you know, in a way that it's like, and we, we've not had any of those like, Oh no, I don't want, I'm going <laughs> to pick, I'm going to, it's just, we believe that the Lord leads and, um, and that he has a purpose for each of the children that he gives to us. And we believe that I, I believe that for families, even if they don't believe it, that the Lord has a purpose <laughs> yeah. for the children that he gives to you, Amen. you know, Amen. especially in the families where they say that was a surprise. We didn't even know, you know, <laughs> and the Lord's like, it wasn't a surprise to him. I'm not a surprise. Or, I'm not surprised by that. You <laughs> exactly. know, exactly. So anyway, his name is Timothy Rand and um, he was born. And it's a first name and a middle name. So it's just, yes. you know, it's not hyphenated. Yeah, it's not hyphenated. <laughs> because we have two that are, it's, you know, but yeah. his first name is Timothy, middle name Rand. That's yes. right. That's right. So for right now, um, we call him all sorts of things. <laughs> I call him Timothy. <laughs> we call him. We do call him Timothy. Um, people, we call him Tim Tim. Um, T Rand, Dosaurus Rex. <laughs> T Rand, from the kids. <laughs> T Rand, Dosaurus Rex is right. from the kids. Right. The kids have found a way to do that with the kids, with the babies mm-hmm. as they've come along. You know, the older the, the older kids have found a way. Uh, Sam Witt, they call him Sandwich. they've kind of they kind of they brought that to the family and then t rand we'll see if it sticks i don't know if t randosaurus rex will stick they usually have a few different nicknames because sam witt was a yamajima as well that is very (laughs) yamajima (laughs) it's a long story but you know basically he's like kids personify babies in a way that like Like, makes them older than they are exactly which babies are persons, so excuse that expression. <laughs> they personify babies as if they're not, but they right, make right, them right. older. Yeah. Yeah. They give them a voice, yes, and they make them express in ways that babies could not possibly understand. It's quite hilarious. Um, listen, I don't judge your family, all right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so don't judge my family. Anyway, he was seven pounds and nine ounces when he was born, mm-hmm. um, twenty-one inches long. Mm-hmm. So he's he's quite the the lanky little fellow. Um, very very long and thin. Mm-hmm. And we're just happy to have him here. Um, yes. It was such a, you know, anybody who's ever gone through the whole labor and delivery process. And I mean this both for moms and dads, because, you know, it's very easy <laughs> and yeah, tempting. Yeah, forget about us. I mean, you know. I don't think we do. <laughs> <laughs> I beg to differ, my friend. I don't think we do forget. Um, I think we, we do have a focus of our own. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, you but know. Um, I don't think we forget. But I will say this, though. I was reminded um, during this whole process Again, and and I think, you know, as I've gotten older, because we've, you know, had children in our 20s, 30s and now 40s, um, as I've gotten older, Mm -hmm. my focus is different. I think 
about things differently. And I think with the birth of each child, that has been true. And there was something that I realized in this uh, labor and delivery story that I had not thought about before, which is that you are in the throes of this as well. Like, I mean, you're there. (laughs) I'm present. That's right. (laughs) You're I'm going you're through as some much stuff a wreck too. as everybody I'm not, else. I'm like not you're a victim. <laughs> I'm not a victim, but hey. But I do want to offer on. some encouragement, men yes. encouragement, because yes. husbands are as much a part of this. And, you know, because here's here's the thing that I think sometimes um, the wife, the mother does not focus on that. As a husband, you are watching your wife and you feel kind of helpless, like there's nothing <laughs> you can really do, you know. <laughs> Except maybe have like spurts of apologies, you know. Sorry, that you're <laughs> I mean, you know, you got to really, be an encouragement. Do you, you need know? anything? Like, what can yeah. what can I do? You know, yeah, that kind of thing. But um, anyways, um, so I we just wanted to check in and and just to say thank you so much to our listeners, mm-hmm. and people have sent us um, emails and messages and things like that, and it's been such an encouragement. Yes. Um, but I, I will tell you this: um, this labor and delivery was not the easiest. Yeah. It was not. And yeah. and so I want to be very honest and, you know, uh, very grateful for the prayer that surrounded this labor Amen. and this delivery, because there are a couple of times where, you know, <laughs> you know that, man, there must be people praying for us because it's kind of scary. Just a yeah. couple of times um, during the labor and delivery process. And um, but God is merciful and he's he's faithful. And so I would like to say, you know, we can thank people mm-hmm. for um tangible gifts that are given to our family, which there have been, and we are so grateful. Mm -hmm. But I would like to say that prayers offered on behalf of, you know, our family, those are tangible as well. We felt that we were on the receiving end of that. And so for that, I'm really, really grateful. Yeah. And it's scary for me every time. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Look, um, look, you know, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. He's here. And, um, now we've got we can expand the jokes. We can move on from the where's the baby, you know, yeah, and yeah. we can go we can move on to now. the to the the the, the sleepless nights because that's 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 what's here. Right. Yeah. That's that's where we are. We've yeah. got a pocket of of time. The praise where, God for family, you know, that come and, yeah. and help out and stuff yeah. like that. So, you know, well, first week it was it, you were around the clock with me. First yes. Week. Yes. I will continue to do that too. I mean, hey. Uh, you don't need to do that. Okay, we don't well, we don't both you know, well, we need somebody you don't needs need to be me, sane. <laughs> well, no, I no, I mean I need you, but I mean <laughs> somebody's gotta take one for the team. Yeah. You know, and so and, and, and you're right, we do. When we have family in town, um that makes it just a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. But you know what's so funny to me? It's like you know what's happening, right? You know what's gonna what's on the horizon. And and somehow and the Lord does this in his mercy, I think, so that we will continue to be fruitful and multiply like, you know, his people. Mm -hmm. Um, You kind of forget what it feels like to to go without sleep. You know (laughs) that it was not pleasant. Right. Right, Like you remember that you anticipate it. That's what's going to happen. You're like, okay, we're getting ready to get there. It's it's like, oh, then it's like, oh, (laughs) I remember you. Yes. You know what I mean? I remember you. One a.m., two a.m., three a.m. Like this. (laughs) (laughs) but there's a there's like this buffer that you have that Mm. you kind of forget Mm -hmm. what it was like to be sort of like swirly eyed yeah that's the lord the lord in his mercy he don't let us remember that stuff and you don't hold it against your children (laughs) then when it comes back around you're like oh yeah here we go like i would tell you i've I've had some i've had some moments um (laughs) (laughs) i've had some moments this past week where i look at him and i'm just like 
oh, I love you so much. <laughs> just go, you better be grateful. You're so cute. Oh, I'm just, yeah, you want it in your wide eyed. It's 3 a.m. And look at you Man. just looking around yeah. like, you know, nothing else left like to do. The and middle so, of the day. Yeah. Yeah. We got to fix that. We got to flip that around. We're working on it. But yeah. right now it's his own drum. Right. It's going to be that He's, way for a minute. He's beating it and he just decides, you know, and so we just um, we won't overload the Aaron the Addison's page with photos of him. But we will periodically post photos because we feel like you guys are as invested, um, sort of not at all um, as we are. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, they follow our family. Um, No, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, it's true. I just mean they're they're not up with us. No, not at all. In the middle of the night. But I tell you what, (laughs) If you happen to stir and have one of those moments where you're like, oh, man, I just can't get back to sleep. Comfort yourself with this. At least we're not Will and Miki. <laughs> <laughs> you can just comfort yourself by saying, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm tossing and turning, but at least I'm not the Addison. That's right. That's Anyways, right. Um, for whatever that's worth. So that's it. I just wanted to check in. I wanted to give a little report mm-hmm. on um, Timothy. He is healthy. He is doing well. And we praise God for that. And again, I wanted to thank you for your prayers. And then also to let you know that while I am on on maternity leave uh, officially, um, I still know where the microphone is. And I will <laughs> <laughs> you might pop in from every once in a while. I might press a button and connect and just see. Just I might just gotta, listen in just gotta, to see how you got to check going. with me first. I got to make sure I don't have nobody scheduled. You see what you happens. Know. I'm just you see saying. what happens when you. This I'm just is what saying, you know, people they like. We want to hear what Will have to say, so you yeah. might. So you this might. is your time. You're, you're like the moon. It's my time yeah. to shine. But I think they might regret regret their request uh, pretty soon. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Bring her back. Where's Mika? All, <laughs> got to do where's Mika all you've got to do is bring the same topics of conversation (laughs) that we have at home um and you'll do that with without interruption from me (laughs) so so people will enjoy that um but anyway I do I'll tell you what's on the horizon so if you're listening and um you've you know anticipated some shows that we could potentially do um, make sure you keep your ears open mm-hmm. for a side-by-side comparison of the Republican and Democrat Party platform. Yes. Um, we have to do that, especially in light of some of the stories that are out today about people, you know, deciding who they're going to vote for and trying to appear to be pious right. in this position that they're taking. Um, it's time for us to do a side-by-side comparison and then let people prayerfully consider what's at stake when they say this is the direction that their vote is going to go in. That's right. Um, so make sure you keep listening for that. I understand that people have enjoyed the burn the ships and have even thought maybe a burn the ships three. We'll see. We'll Anyways. see. All right. Well, All right. I got to go. Well, bye, I think there's Mickey. a baby crime. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Talk to you later. All right. This is Aaron Addison. We'll be back after this. Now I don't All right, welcome back to airing the Addisons, and technically is airing the Addison, <laughs> singular. I'm riding solo as uh, Miki was just on, telling everyone about her, our experience uh, having our son Timothy Rand Addison. We're happy to welcome him to our family, 
So it's been great. But before we go on, I just want to do a couple of housekeeping things. Um, you can download our podcast if you go to uh, AFR.net slash podcast. You can get the podcast there. You can email us at Addison's at AFR.net. Addison's at AFR.net. And also there will be a special um, virtual uh, town hall that's uh, scheduled for this Thursday, October 8th. AFA at home with uh, Walker Wildman. So join us for a virtual town hall meeting featuring a conversation about the significant cultural issues in our nation. Uh, with the election only weeks away, we need to be informed on what uh, is at stake for our nation and our family. And the guests include uh, Tim Barton, the Benham brothers, David and Jason, Abraham Hamilton III, my brother right there, uh, Richard Land, Star Parker, and Sandy Rios. And some of the topics are religious liberty, uh, censorship in social media, sanctity of life, judicial branch, um, socialism, uh, and, and more. And so if you want to uh, take part of that and, and go and watch that, you can pre-register to watch this special online for free, October 8th, 7 p.m. Central Time. And to pre-register, go to uh, afaaction.net. That's afaaction.net. So make sure that you go and check that out. It's going to be good. Uh, we have a special guest that we're going to be talking to, that I'm going to be talking to. I'm so used to saying we, you know, because uh, me and Miki, we do everything together pretty much. But as a guest I'll be talking to, he's, uh, he's not a stranger to our show, uh, my brother Stephen Black. Uh, he's a part of our documentary that's coming out, In His Image. And Stephen uh, has been on our show when we were on Urban Family Talk, and now uh, I think one time on AFR but he has been the executive director of First Stone Ministry since 2000. And Stephen is an author of many articles and teaching aids. His new uh, book, his book was released October 10th, 2017, Freedom Realized, Finding Freedom from Homosexuality and Living a Life Free from Labels. Uh, the ministry, uh, Stephen directs his First Stone Ministries located in Oklahoma City, uh, which receives its name from John 8, 7, Let him who is without sin cast the first stone. And First Stone Ministry specializes in ministering healing and restoration to those caught in all forms of sexual brokenness, including sexual abuse, pornography, addiction, uh, and homosexuality. And like I said, Stephen has been a guest on the show a few times already. He was also one of the speakers at our Marriage, Family, and Life Conference, the last one that we uh, did here in Tupelo, Mississippi, which we are going to be planning to do another one, Lord willing, uh, for next year. But uh, he's a, a great guy, strong advocate, and, uh, man, just a, a brother in the Lord. Hey, Stephen, you there? I'm here, brother. How you doing? I'm well, and congratulations on your new boy. That's amazing. Yes, yes, that's number six. So we, <laughs> I think my quiver is full. <laughs> we have to well, check. maybe seven. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> hey, <laughs> don't let Mickey hear you say that. But <laughs> <laughs> right. But anyway, um, this documentary that uh, you are a part of, man, I think it's going to be very impactful for the people of God. And, um, you know, I'm familiar with your testimony and maybe some others are, but for those who are not, uh, could you just briefly share uh, your testimony and how the Lord brought you out of uh, what you went to? Sure. Uh, in 1983, I had a transformative experience with Jesus Christ after having grieved about a year and a half with the death of my little brother, and I'd been raised as a as a Catholic, and so I had uh, ideas of heaven and hell and, and wanted to know where he was, and I'd been mm -hmm. crying out to the Lord for about a year and a half, 
And it culminated in this place of Jesus really speaking to me and warning me and telling me that if I didn't really surrender my life to him, I was going to die. Mm. And uh, so I was with these folks that were just on fire for the Lord. They loved God, and I was in their home, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I didn't know that that's what it was that was happening to me. My heart began to race, and I surrendered my life to Christ that night. Amen. And then I went home as a result of that, and and um, this girl that I had been partying with, their sister had asked me, well, does this mean you're not going to be gay anymore? Because I had lived as a homosexual for eight years, and even my parents' uh, uh, parish priest mm-hmm. had told me that it was okay and all the more reason to come to Mass. And so mm-hmm. I was very confused. I'd been very broken. I had been sexually molested as a little boy uh, several times by friends of the family and by out-of-state visitors. And and so I was very distorted in my sexuality. And so by the time I was a teenager, I entered into that. Yeah. But that night, Jesus completely transformed my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went home and I pulled out the Bible I prayed over the Bible, and because the priest had told me, you know, it was all the more reason to come to Mass, it's okay, and I wanted to know what God's Word said. And Will, brother, that Mm. night, everything changed by the power of the Word of God. Psalms 107, verse 20 is one of my life verses. He sends His Word to heal them and to deliver them from their destruction. And I saw clearly, I literally prayed over this giant family Bible flipped it open, and literally went to Leviticus 18, didn't even know where to look in the Bible, and my eyes fell on verse 22, Mm -hmm. and I knew for sure that it said right there in black and white that my life uh, practice of homosexual behavior was detestable in the sight of God, and Mm -hmm. I needed to repent. Mm -hmm. And that started me that night on a trajectory of absolute surrender and repentance, and and I've never gone back, and yeah. I've been now walking with Jesus for going on 38 years. Yes, I love to hear your, your testimony because there are times when, you know, the Lord will uh, just right on the spot just change uh, a person's life where it's so dramatic and so drastic that it, you're like, man, God only did this, you know. And sometimes right. we know sanctification takes time, but, man, when we have those experiences where God's totally delivers us, you know, and some people, you know, they think that that can't happen today. Like not, well, it's going to take this amount of time for it to take place. But God is in the business of delivering us, even on the spot. He can do it, you know. That's that's right. Yeah. And it it was, it was a miraculous thing in that I was a sex addict with men and, and every bit of that stopped immediately. Now, I don't want people or your listeners to think that Mm -hmm. I didn't have struggles or temptation. Right. Or, you know, that I hadn't, didn't have to work through some counseling, inner healing, and deliverance, because right. I did. Right. And But it was pretty dramatic, brother. It was just <laughs> the Word of God came in and just... And, I, and I've minist- been ministering to men for 30 years, yeah. and, you know, yeah. I know what it takes. And yeah. a lot of those men don't have those kind of experiences, like you said, is yeah. a sanctifying process. Yeah, yeah. And you're a part of this uh, documentary, In His Image. And uh, I just want to uh, let people know that you can register to watch a special uh, sneak preview for free and also stay updated about the premiere that's, that will be taking place October 20th. And uh, you're a part of this. And how did that come about where you uh, are part of this documentary and what kind of impact do you think it would have on this whole uh, this situation that we are dealing with, even in the churches? 
Well, I, I got involved because uh, Kendra uh, Y had mm. called me, and uh, she had talked to Michael Brown. Michael Brown oh, okay. is a friend of mine. Yes. And he endorsed my book, and he said, you know, you ought to think about talking to Stephen. So we started talking, and then they came to Oklahoma City a couple of years ago uh, as a part of this. And uh, as they got to know us and understand some of the you know, the the nuances around the gay Christian movement, they mm-hmm. knew that they really wanted uh, our influence and input. And so I've been working with them behind the scenes and, of course, testifying in it uh, since then. And really just love the AFS um, uh, producers, yeah. director. Uh, they are just stellar, awesome uh, men and women of God. Yeah, yeah, and this documentary is... It's great. It has a, you can feel the compassion in it. You know, it's I, I didn't feel like it was like a judgmental like you need, but it was really loving no way. in the way yeah. that it was done. And I just want to let people know that to register for this uh, pre-show event, you can go to in his image uh, dot movie in his image uh, dot movie. And, some, and what you'll see from this uh, sneak preview, uh, life changing testimonies from former LGBT individuals uh, featured in the documentary documentary behind the scenes look at the spiritual warfare behind the making of such a controversial film see people kind of sleep on that they think oh they're just doing movies and things like that but man this is a spiritual warfare to make stuff like this because it's going to set help set people free you know a special message uh, from afa president uh, tim wildman i want to ask you uh, what advice would you give to a, a, a listener someone who's listening who has not shared with anyone that they have struggled with same-sex attraction or thinking uh, that that they are in the wrong body. What kind of advice could you give a person uh, listening now? Well, the, the first thing is, is it's terrible to hold any kind of a secret uh, that is uh, in any way life-defining uh, brokenness yeah. and, or, or something that is bringing uh, the, the feeling of depression and hopelessness it is imperative that people talk to somebody. And they need to talk to the right people. They need to talk to people that will help them with a Judeo-Christian biblical worldview that will help them to find the the pastoral care, the counseling, the discipleship that they need. And they need hope. Mm. And and the reason why that, you know, AFA... uh, you know, promoted this with the AFS, their Mm -hmm. subsidiary American Family Studios, was this idea that our generation needs hope. Mm -hmm. And there is uh, two former transgendered people. Um, We've got the the female to male Mm -hmm. who reclaimed her femininity, Laura Perry, and then the male to female who reclaimed his masculinity, Walt Heyer. And both of their stories are dramatic, and Laura Perry now has come on staff with Burstone. She's here in Oklahoma City now. Yes. But um, they both are there in this documentary to give hope. And what's beautiful about this documentary, that, that any listener needs to understand, the science, the, the medical information, the, the, the theological information, the, the complete rounded message of hope, is in this documentary. Mm-hmm. You know, we get some uh, emails. I've gotten emails, even calls of parents who said, like, man, my, my child, you know, has, has come to me and said that they are homosexual. And, and I'm talking about people who are in church and, and, and they've raised their children to be 
uh, uh, Christians. But at some point, uh, their children said, like, no, I, I really feel like I'm, I'm homosexual. Like, what would you offer as far as parents who are going through this? How should they begin to minister to their children and not push them away? But how do they handle something like that when they're told that? Well, the first thing is, is they need the grace and understanding that they, they themselves need to brace themselves as parents to be able to be good listeners mm. and to convey that they love their child first and foremost above all things. Because they don't know at that moment if their child is going to become a prodigal or if their child um, is, is really seeking help necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. And so they they really need to be uh, equipped themselves. I would say that if that's brought to them, that they would compassionately, kindly say, okay, we can work through this, but above all, you need to know that we love you. Mm-hmm. And then if they are equipped with a biblical, medical, scientific answers, is is to never compromise and to to actually... Uh, communicate that their their world belief system concerning their following of Jesus Christ. There are lots of different factors to consider because you have people at different spiritual levels, you have people at different belief systems, and and so you know. But overall, the family, the parent, mm-hmm. should never ever convey any form of compromise, but that they should always point to the love that they have, but also that God has for them. Amen. And that change is possible, and uh, and that they can never let go of that message, because that is the essence of the gospel of Jesus Christ, is to bring hope and, and good news that through believing in the cross and believing in Him, you can have a changed life. Amen. Amen. And I know this uh, documentary will help so many uh, church leaders as well and pastors, because this question comes up, you know, about the, the whole uh, gay Christian thing. And that and those things can be uh, difficult to answer, you know. Um, and so with this documentary, I know it goes into that. Um, do you think this would be just a great resource uh, for pastors, for leaders uh, in our churches and in a practical way? Oh, absolutely. And in talking with the AFS producers, they're uh, already uh, thinking uh, forward with the resources. There's there's already some resources uh, on the In His Image Movie website, but mm. the DVD itself is going to have an accompanying DVD, and the accompaniment DVD is going to have a, I think about another hour and a half worth of material mm. of giving the science, the medical, and further testimonial. Uh, to to help equip the the spiritual leader, the pastor, the youth pastor, uh, even the counselor that hasn't actually dealt with you know a lot of transgenderism or you know uh, now they're calling it queer or queering of the the mind, the body, mm-hmm. where you have the pansexual people that are doing um, pretty outrageous behaviors yeah. and and addressing those issues fetish behaviors and and how to help people overcome those things so counselors really do and pastors have their hands full yeah and uh so the, i i i am under in an understanding i haven't seen it myself but the documentary is wonderful in itself but there's going to be this accompanying material that's going to help awesome well thank you so much steve and i appreciate you being uh with me here on Aaron the addison's and 
Again, it's inhisimage.movie. If you want to check out that sneak preview, make sure you do so. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Airing the Addisons here on AFR, American Family Radio. And I'm Will, riding solo. Uh, and I had something I wanted to share based upon being at church yesterday and something that my pastor, Abraham Hamilton III, uh, talked about. And it, I think it relates to us pretty, pretty well in where we are, where we are right now. Uh, so for those who don't know, Abraham Hamilton III and, and myself, we serve as uh, pastors at a local fellowship uh, here in town. And, um, and man, you know, we just have the privilege of being able to, to, to uh, serve people, being able to, to share you know, our lives with people. If you're not a part of a local fellowship where you are, I really encourage you um, to pray, to ask the Lord, to send you to a place where you can have that type of fellowship. We all need it. We all need it. You know, there, there are no long rangers <laughs> out here. And as, as we see things happening in our, our land, we see things happening every day. Man, we need to have a, a, a group of solid believers that we're able to yoke up with and be able to do life with and pray for one another. But Abraham shared some things yesterday um, in our fellowship. And I was like, man, this is, this is just a great encouragement. And he shared from 2 Kings chapter 6. Uh, 2 Kings uh, chapter 6, and starting at about verse 8. And basically it says, Now the, the king of Aram was warring against Israel, and he counseled uh, with his servants, saying, In such and such a place uh, shall, shall be my camp. And the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Arameans are coming down there. And the king of Israel sent to the place about which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him so that he guarded himself there more than once or twice. In verse 11, it says, Now the heart of the king of Aram was enraged over this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you tell me which of us is for the king of Israel? One of his servants says, No, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he said, Go and see where he is, that I may send and take him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. And he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. Verse 15, it says, Now when the attendant of the man of God had, had risen early and gone out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, 
for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elijah prayed and said, O Lord, I pray open my, my open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots and fire all around Elisha. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Strike this people with blindness, I pray. So he struck them with blindness, according to the word of Elisha. I want to stop right there. And there's some things that Abraham pointed out that I felt like, man, was so important for us today. Because a lot of times we can see things happening all around us. We see what's going on uh, as far as politically, racially, all these different things. And we can have a feeling even that these things are, are encircling us, you know. So, and what is our response as Christians? Well, how do we respond uh, to, to, to uh, trouble and things that are happening? And so some highlights from this, this portion of Scripture. Number one, the king of Syria was warring against Israel. So he was warring against Israel. And the king uh, will reveal his plans. The king of Syria will reveal his plans to his servants. But then the, the king's plans were intercepted by the man of God, Elisha. And he would send word to the king of Israel, who was uh, Jehoram at the time. And Jehoram was not a um, good king. He was the son of uh, uh, Ahab and Jezebel. But he but Elisha would intercept these plans and would tell the king of Israel what's going to happen. But the thing about it, this wicked king, this king listened to the prophet. He listened to Elisha. And then the king of Syria was enraged and his plans were uh, continually thwarted. And he thought there was a spy among them. So he's like, man, I'm giving, I'm, I'm, I'm planning this stuff and all there's no one around me but my servants here. Which one of you guys is, is a spy? And then one of the servants knew that there was a prophet in Israel who tells the king of Israel the words that the king of Syria speaks in his bedroom. And that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's powerful that this person, this servant knew, man, there's a prophet in Israel. You know, that, and I, I see that as rep, even a representation as I look at where we are now, that the church is a prophetic voice within this, this country, within our land. It's supposed to be. Now, a lot of times we've given over that authority, but we are ones in this land who should speak uh, from a prophetic point of view, hearing the word of God and speaking the word of God. And so that should be uh, the church. But the, the prophet would hear what this king was saying and would tell the king of, of Israel. And so this servant uh, revealed that. And so the king of Syria, he does something very, very stupid. And he says something crazy. He says, go and see where he is that I may send and take him. And it's something that Abe had pointed out yesterday. He said, man, that's that's pretty stupid, you know. And he, he said, you know, uh, this kind of sin makes you stupid. That's something that Abe always says. Sin makes you stupid. This guy, this uh, king said, well, go get him. Go get him that I may take him. So what makes you think that if Elijah is able to see, Elijah is able to see all and hear and know all the things that the, the uh, king is planning in his bedroom, that he wouldn't be able to uh, know that this king is trying to come and get him. 
I guess he didn't even really think about that. But that, again, sin makes you stupid. So the king of Syria says, go get him. Uh, I want to take him. But then Elijah's servant goes out early, probably to do what he normally does, and sees this great army with horses and chariots circling the city. And I think that, that a lot of times that's our position as Christians. We see what's happening in our land. We see the, the racial divide. We see all the stuff that's going on. And man, you know, it's encircling us. And we have a, 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 a response that we need to, to, to take in that moment. Are we going to say, alas, master, what, what are we going to do? Are we going to remember all the things that the Lord has done for us in the past and say, just like he's done uh, those things in the past, He's going to also take care of me right now. See, we shouldn't operate in fear as we look forward to this election, as we look forward, as we see what's going on with the coronavirus and all this stuff. The people of God should be an example of, uh, of courage and trust in the Lord. And so while the world is shaken and while the world is saying, alas, what are we going to do? Man, it should be the position of the believer that we're not phased by it. That we're trusting in God no matter what happened. That means if Joe Biden is the president or if the, uh, President Trump has four more years, the Christian is going to be solid and, and steadfast on God. That should be our position. What would that be like, you know, for us to be in America and all this stuff is crumbling, but the church of the living God, the pillar in the ground of truth is standing strong, still uh, uh, professing uh, Christ. Uh, sharing the gospel, being a witness, what would that look like? I think that would be a great message to this world. The Christian, we should not be shaken because we understand and we know who we serve. And so the servant of Elijah was afraid. He was scared and he cried out, alas, my master, what shall we do? And Elisha tells the servant not to fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And then Elisha prays that God would open up his servant's eyes. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he sees a mountain full of horses and chariots. And so we have to have that same type of uh, vision, knowing that even though in the physical and the natural, man, it looks like everything is falling apart. It look, We see the riots. We see all the stuff going on, you know, the, the, the narratives, the lies, the media. Man, it's easy for us to be shaken in this moment. But we should have the mindset, even like David had when he when he had his staff and he he would remember the lion and the bear that came to try to take the sheep. But he was able to to uh, defeat them and, and protect them, pr protect the sheep. And he was able to look at the Goliath that was before him and say, you're going to be just like them. We have to have that type of fate in this hour. And it's not easy because we can be easily shaken. But I believe that the Lord is calling for us to have courage, to stand strong, to not be shaken by what's happening uh, in, on, on a political sense, but that we are the people of God and that we are to be courageous in, in, this, uh, in this hour. So the Lord opens the servant's eyes and he sees mount, the mountain full of horses and chariots all around Elijah. And then the Lord does not uh, use this heavenly host. And that's something else that, that Abe was, that pointed out to us yesterday that he didn't even use this heavenly host in defeating uh, this army from Syria. But Elisha prayed that uh, the Lord would strike the army with blindness. The resources were there. 
you know, the horses and the chariots. He didn't even have to use all of that, but he, he wanted the servant to see. Look, we're surrounded by the heavenly host. But what God did use was, you know, Elijah struck them blind. And, he, and, and the Lord did it according to Elisha's word. And so we have all of that on our side. So if you find yourself afraid right now in this political season, if you find yourself you know, shaking and wondering what's it, what it's going to be like if such and such win or if this person don't win, man, let's turn our eyes and our affection toward Jesus, toward the Lord, toward you know, who we are in Christ. We are not to be shaken. We are not to be shaken. And so that's that's the point that the servant most likely. And this is another point. The servant, the servant was most likely with Elijah, this servant, uh, when the axe head was miraculously recovered from the water, when Naaman was healed of leprosy uh, for the poisonous stew incidents, incident, uh, all these things. Yet right here, the servant is highly alarmed. But what by what he sees uh, that's circling all around them. Trouble on every hand. And today it may be that way. Uh, it may seem that way in America. What of all these racial tensions? What of all these, uh, this, this coronavirus? Unsaved family members and friends. You know, all, all type of things that can cause us to be shaken and to scream out, alas, master, what shall we do? But my encouragement I want to encourage you that God encamps around his people and there are more for us as God's people than against us. And we should not be moved by the climate in America uh, today. And we cannot be moved if our affections are on things that are above. We have to set our affection. The, the Bible says set your affections on things above, not on the things of the earth. You know, it kind of reminds me of Psalm chapter one, where it says, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. And because he does this, he, is, he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season and his leaf does not wither. And whatever he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. We are called to be like the tree that's planted by streams of water. If we meditate on his laws day and night, if we are reading his word, if we are being fortified by the scripture, we will not be easily shaken. So I want to call to all the people of God, everyone that's listening, that we should be a people who are in the word of God so that we can understand uh, what's going on and not be shaken. And the last thing I want to share in Luke chapter 18, it says, Now he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart. If you don't want to lose heart in these times, you need to be a praying person. The way that you can uh, guard yourself uh, uh, from fainting in a day of adversity is if you are a prayerful person. And so I want to encourage the body of Christ who are listening now that we need to be about praying and being in his word, not being easily shaken by what we see happening in our land. 
we're going to have troubles. We're going to have things that happen. But man, we got to keep our eyes and our affections and our hearts fixed on Jesus. And if we do that, we'll, we'll be fine. We'll make it through. Well, this has been Aaron Addison's here on AFR, AFR Talk. Uh, thank you for being here. And tomorrow we'll be back with another great show. God bless.